You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. We believe that God's presence changes everything. But why is it that sometimes when we experience God's presence through worship and prayer, we go to church, it seems like nothing happens. It seems like uh, we go on with our lives and nothing's changed. Why is it that we don't have dramatic encounters and amazing miracles and breakthrough every time we pursue God, every time we pray, and every time we gather to worship? There's a reason for it. I want to encourage you not to give up and to not quit. Uh, in your pursuit of God and in your worship and your prayer, because God does change everything. Sometimes that's quickly, instantaneously, miraculously, but sometimes it's slowly. And that's what I want to talk about today. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to read a blog that I wrote called From Glory to Glory, The Transformative Power of Worship. We'll have the link to this original blog article in the description. You can click through and check it out. And I hope this is an encouragement to you today. Worship transforms us. We all worship something and we inevitably become like the object of our worship. Psychologist Jordan B. Peterson has recognized that the instinct to worship is part of the natural injunction to imitate that which we find most valuable. That which we judge to be the most beautiful, virtuous, worthwhile, and glorious becomes the thing to which we give our allegiance, affection, adoration, and attention. And rightfully so, as long as our judgment is correct and our worship is pointed towards that which is truly worthy of it. So when I say worship here, I'm not speaking, obviously, about just the singing portion of our church services which is the activity that most evangelicals would associate with that word. Worship in a broad sense is a lifestyle or a way of life that's oriented around the object of our worship. The term is used more specifically to describe gathered times of religious activity. But in modern Christianity, we've defined it even more narrowly as the musical portion of our church services, not even the entire church service. That's not a bad thing, although the more appropriate term for that musical portion of our worship services is probably the biblical word praise. One of the points I make in my book, David's Tabernacle, is that corporate praise and worship is transformative. The way David did worship in his day was, uh, in many ways, a new covenant model of worship that was ahead of its time. It was based on heavenly liturgy that we see in Revelation 4 and 5. And when communities embrace Davidic worship, which is what Christian communities should do, they begin to experience a greater manifestation of heaven on earth. The idea is summed up in the phrase from David in Psalm 22, 3, that God inhabits or is enthroned in the praises of his people. When we praise God, he manifests his presence, and God's presence changes everything, as we like to say. So the New Testament promises that as we behold Jesus, presumably through worship and prayer, that we will be transformed from, quote, glory to glory into the image of Jesus. That's in 2 Corinthians 3.18. So we can be assured that time in the presence of Jesus will make us more like Jesus. But how exactly does that work? How long does it take? So throughout my life and journey of ministry, I've become increasingly convinced about the power of God's presence to really change lives, cities, and nations. However, I've noticed various paces 
at which that transformation happens. Sometimes transformation is fast, but sometimes it's slow. I really didn't articulate this, these sort of two processes or speeds of transformation in my book, but I'd like to tease them out a little bit here in this article. First of all, fast transformation. Sometimes as God manifests his presence among his people, there's a quick and notable transformation and breakthrough. Somebody puts their faith in Christ. A body is instantaneously healed. Someone's baptized in the Holy Spirit and starts speaking in tongues. A relationship is reconciled. A depressed person depressed person finds joy and is free after that moment. An addiction is broken. Scars disappear. I've seen miracles like this happen over the years, and I rejoice. It's awesome. I spent most of my book, actually, emphasizing sort of these radical and quick breakthroughs that happen from worship, prayer, and the presence of God. However, sometimes the process is a lot slower. I've been to hundreds of worship gatherings and prayer meetings where there was no dramatic story or testimony. I prayed for healing many, many times, and it didn't come. Where's God in those moments, right? I believe God's presence changes everything, but this sometimes it happens slowly. Those who find themselves in the charismatic stream of Christianity love to push for miracles, instantaneous healings, radical testimonies, and breakthrough today. We are kingdom now people, and me too. God can change everything in one moment in his presence, and I long for more of these moments, and I'll keep pursuing them in my life and ministry. But the danger in only seeking the quick breakthrough is that we can sometimes miss the slow breakthrough that God wants to bring through the process of formation. If we don't realize that sometimes God changes us more slowly than we want, we can become disillusioned. We may begin to believe the lie that God's presence doesn't change everything. If we sing and sing, but we're still sick, does God's presence really change everything? If we pray and pray, but our loved one is still far from Jesus, does prayer really work? If I go to church every week or go sit in a prayer room and nothing seems to happen, am I just wasting my time? The answer is no. It's not a waste. Prayer does work and God's presence does change everything, but sometimes it takes time. So now let's talk about the slow formative worship. In the title of my article, I put brackets around the word formative inside the bigger word transformative. I wanted to sort of pull that word out of the bigger word to make a point. I'm going to use these two words, transformative, to describe the quicker, more dramatic stories of change, like I described already. And I use the word formative to describe a slower process of change that occurs as we're faithful in worship, prayer, and serving God over the course of time. I've spent a lot of time in my book and other places championing the transformative power of worship. So I want to focus the rest of this article and this podcast on the formative power of worship. My hope is this will encourage you to stay steady in the place of God's presence in corporate worship and prayer, even when it seems like nothing's happening. We don't want to give up on the pursuit of quick moments of transformation, but we also want to sign up for the lifelong journey of slow formation into the image of Christ. We must think of our times of worship not just as an opportunity for ecstatic encounter, but a place of spiritual formation. Glenn Packiam a pastor at New Life Church in Colorado. He's been steeped in charismatic Christianity, but has recognized the formative power of worship. Here's a quote from his book called Discovering the Mystery of Faith, How Worship Shapes Believing. He says, quote, If you're anything like me, you spent most of your life thinking of prayer and worship 
as an expression of the faith that's in our hearts. There's certainly something true about that. Our prayers and our worship do indeed reflect the faith in our hearts. It's an overflow of it. But in another sense, perhaps a larger sense, prayer and worship form our faith. Worship doesn't just reflect our faith, it's what shapes our faith. End of quote. We charismatics can glean a lot from our brothers and sisters in liturgical churches about the value of formation. The idea that worship, what they might call liturgy, forms us and shapes us is at the core of why they put such an emphasis on their liturgy. They recognize that the details of what we do when the church gets together has a profound impact on the soul of the worshiper. By the way, charismatics and evangelicals, we have our own liturgy, even if we don't use that word. Every local church has our own order of service, traditions, cultures, tendencies, musical styles, decor, etc. Each element of our times of corporate worship affect us. The idea that God is present in liturgy has been a part of Christianity from the very beginning. This is a quote from St. John Chrysostom. He was alive in uh, 347 to 407 AD. He says, quote, following his ascension, the Lord sits with his heavenly father in the heavens. And at the same time, he is present with the faithful Christians in divine liturgy. His presence fills the earth and the heavens. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, Becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Together with Christ, the Christian who is in the church and communes is at the same time on earth and in heaven. A number of charismatic leaders are beginning to embrace this and recognize the need for adopting some practices of the quote-unquote liturgical churches without forsaking the biblical charismatic practices like the gifts of the Spirit and passionate singing and praise and worship. Pastor and theologian Andrew Wilson has called for, quote, eucharismatic worship, end quote. You can read how he spells that in my blog article. But Andrew Wilson calls for eucharismatic worship, where we view worship as both a place of supernatural encounter and a place of formation around liturgical practice, such as the Eucharist or communion or the Lord's Supper. 
Whether we feel it or not, things are happening as we worship. When we sing or pray or hear a sermon or take communion or lay hands on each other or recite a creed or share a prophetic word, God is manifesting his presence by forming us. We are being fed, impacted, shaped little by little from glory to glory to be more like Jesus. Over the years, I've noticed a trend with those who've been involved in some of our parachurch ministries. Those who were rooted in solid, biblical, spirit-filled churches were far more likely to stay true to Christ. We had a lot of people get involved in our prayer rooms and burn events over the years who would not commit to a local church, despite our encouragement. I would say most of them who were churchless have now turned away from Christianity completely. Whether we realize it or not, our involvement in local church and regular, even boring worship is helping us. I went. I once heard Rick Joyner say that he only remembered uh, a few meals over the course of his life, but that each meal had been a part of keeping him alive. He said reading the Bible was the same way. We may only have a few memorable and dramatic encounters with God over the course of our lives, and that's okay. We may not have a profound revelation or a supernatural encounter every time we read the Bible, pray, or gather for worship, but each one of these activities is feeding our soul and sustaining our spiritual lives. We have to stay steady. A quick side note to leaders. If all this is true, if worship shapes our beliefs and our lives, then pastors, ministry leaders, worship leaders should probably give more care and attention to their liturgy. Our church gatherings, facilities, order of service, worship times should be biblical while we glean from historic Christianity so that we are formed biblically. It's natural for our culture to impact our expression of worship, but we want to make sure that the liturgy that's forming us is a biblical worship expressing itself through our culture, not a cultural expression masked as worship. The church should provide countercultural liturgies with otherworldly values and activities. Church just isn't a place to come and hear information of the gospel. It's the place to encounter God and be transformed in His presence by His Word and by His Spirit. All right, now let's talk about the liturgy of houses of prayer. Thankfully, I've experienced a value for long-term formation in the house of prayer movement. While some in the charismatic world focus impatiently on the need to always get an immediate breakthrough, I've found that those from places like IHOP, Kansas City, carried a high value for the slow transformation that occurs through regular, biblical, dare I say, liturgical worship and prayer. I've heard Mike Bickle say that we should judge the impact of our intercession by decades. Pray for 10 years and look back and see if it seems to be making a difference. That reminds me of Jonathan Edwards' call to prayer, where he encouraged leaders to gather in corporate prayer for seven years before they evaluate if they should keep going. This is an entirely different approach to pursuing transformation than just urging people to come down to the altar to get your breakthrough, and many times they go home unchanged. Again, God can change people profoundly in a moment, but those moments don't usually happen every week. Those familiar with IHOP in Kansas City have probably heard of the harp and bowl model used in their 24-7 prayer room. It focuses on singing and praying through Scripture. Without a doubt, harp and bowl is a valuable and effective quote-unquote liturgy of the prayer movement. And the liturgy of harp and bowl gives intercessors and worshipers a way to stay engaged in prayer, worship, and Scripture for hours even when they don't feel inspired. Christian philosopher James K.A. Smith has also argued extensively that our liturgy forms and shapes us. 
In his book, You Are What You Love, he says, God invites us into a different embodied liturgy that not only is suffused by the biblical story, but also, via those practices, inscribes the story into our hearts as erotic calibration, bending the needle of our loves towards Christ, our magnetic north. The scriptures seep into us in a unique way in the intentional communal rituals of worship. The word is caught more than taught. End of quote. This is actually a great description of what I've seen happen in prayer rooms that pray and sing the Bible, like those that use harp and bowl. God's word seeps into those who sing and pray. We catch the truth of God's word, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. Scripture goes from giving information to causing transformation or formation. From my perspective, some of the most humble, anointed, and biblical preachers and teachers that have arisen in recent years have been those who have come out of houses of prayer after spending years or decades doing the liturgy of harp and bowl in hiddenness before God. It seems to me that this liturgy is working successfully to form and shape some of the most godly messengers in our generation. One of those teachers is Samuel Whitfield, who teaches at IHOP's university. He wrote a book called Discipleship Begins with Beholding, which argues that discipleship begins with the people of God corporately beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus. The primary scripture he builds off of is 2 Corinthians 3.18, which I mentioned earlier. It promises that transformation from glory to glory as we gaze upon Christ. Samuel's term discipleship is helpful in this conversation because it implies a process. It sets our expectation that transformation and breakthrough is connected to a slow, deliberate, and lifelong pursuit of Jesus. God's presence changes everything, whether it be a quick transformation or the slow process of formation, we will become what we behold. And because our transformation is connected to our beholding Jesus, that ultimate breakthrough and transformation will come when Jesus returns. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, that now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. 1 John 3, 2, John promises that when he, Jesus, is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Because we see dimly, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, our transformation, our formation tends to be slow in this age. By God's grace, we can sometimes experience miracles and instantaneous manifestations of God's kingdom in our lives, but we also know that there's this sense in which the kingdom of God is yet to come. And until Jesus returns, we're only experiencing a foretaste of glory to divine. And when Christ comes again, we will finally go from glory to ultimate glory. All right, that's the end of my article. Hope you enjoyed it. The link will be down in the description. And I hope this encouraged you today to stay steady and faithful in prayer, in worship, in church, in community, in serving, uh, even when it seems like nothing's happening and believe that God is working and he is forming us to make us more like Jesus. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with some friends. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you're tuning in. I would encourage you to go to our website at presencepioneers.org and subscribe via email so that we can keep a personal connection with you and uh, shoot you emails every time a new episode 
comes out. That would be amazing. Uh, if you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up. Leave us a comment. If you're on Apple Podcast app, could you please uh, leave us a rating or a review? All those things are super helpful. Thank you so much. Don't forget God's presence changes everything. Mm-hmm.